Chapter Twenty One of A Yankee Girl at Fort Sumter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathy Barrett. A Yankee Girl at Fort Sumter by Alice Turner Curtis. Chapter Twenty One. Fort Sumter is fired upon. When Sylvia's father heard of her sailing the butterfly to Fort Sumter, he was greatly troubled. If it should be discovered that my daughter had carried a message to Fort Sumter, we would all be in danger. Even the waits would give us up, he declared. What made you undertake such a thing, Sylvia? The little girl explained as well as she could her wish to get news of Captain Carleton for his wife, and said that she was sure no one knew that she was a white girl. But Mr. Fulton was anxious and uneasy, and Sylvia began to realize that her secret adventure might bring serious results to those she loved best. I told Captain Carleton what Uncle Peter said about ships coming to help Fort Sumter, she said, feeling almost sure that her father would think this the worst of all, but determined to make a full confession. She resolved that never again would she make plans without telling her mother and father, for she was most unhappy at her father's troubled look and at his disapproval. What? exclaimed Mr. Fulton. Did you tell Captain Carleton that reinforcements were coming to the aid of Fort Sumter? Oh, yes, I did, father! sobbed sylvia who was now sure that she had told the very worst of her acts but to her surprise she heard her father say thank heaven that may influence anderson to hold the fort until help arrives and his arm was about his little daughter and she looked up through her tears to hear him say the news you carried to the fort is just what they wanted to know and it may help to save the union it is worth while for all of us to face personal danger if it proves that you are of service Sylvia did not quite understand why Uncle Peter's news should be so important, but her father explained to her that Major Anderson would now feel sure of help, and that his men would have courage to bear hardship and hunger, if need be, until the ships arrived. "'And you forgive me for going?' Sylvia pleaded. "'My dear child, I am glad and proud that you could carry such a message to brave soldiers,' her father replied. "'But do not mention it to anyone. I must hasten my arrangements to leave Charleston.' General Beauregard may fire upon Fort Sumter at any day, and I am of no use here. Sylvia drew a long breath of relief. That her father should really praise her for what she had feared might prove a very serious mistake made the little girl happy, although it did not change her resolve never again to make adventurous plans without the approval of her mother or father. She realized that, although she had carried a valuable message, she had also endangered her father's safety if her visit to the fort was discovered as every Southerner would believe that Mr. Fulton had made the plan to be of aid to the United States. The little household now began its preparations to start north as soon as possible, and Sylvia was eager for the time to come that would see them safely on their way to their northern home. Grace Waite and her mother had gone into the country, and Sylvia did not know if she would see her friend again. The morning of April 11, 1861, dawned brightly over the harbour of Charleston, whose waters were covered with white sails putting hastily to sea. Guard-boats were plying constantly between the harbour and the islands. It was rumoured about the town that before sunset the Confederate batteries would open fire upon Fort Sumter. Mr. Fulton's preparations to leave Charleston were completed, and if nothing prevented, they would start for Boston on April 14th. On the 11th, however, Mrs. Carleton hardly left the window from which she could look out over the harbour toward Fort Sumter. At any moment it might be attacked, and she knew that such an attack meant the beginning of a terrible civil war. Sylvia wandered about the house and garden with Estralla, telling the little colored girl of the home in Boston which she soon hoped to see. The hours passed, and the streets of Charleston grew strangely quiet. At sunset everything was calm, and no sound of guns disturbed the peace of the April evening, 
and Sylvia went to bed at the usual hour, not thinking that she would be wakened by the roar of cannon. The older members of the family sat up until after midnight. The sea was calm, and the night still under the bright starlight. At last they decided to retire, but there was little sleep for them that night. At half-past four the next morning the sound of guns from Fort Johnson broke upon the stillness. It was the signal to the Confederate batteries to open fire. Hardly had the echo of the opening gun died upon the air when every Confederate fort and battery opened fire upon Sumter until the fort was surrounded by a circle of fire. The Fulton household dressed hurriedly, and from the windows looked over the harbor at the flashing lights and bursts of flame. Sylvia stood close beside Mrs. Carleton, and they were all silent. Aunt Connie brought up hot coffee and a tray of food, but none of them cared to eat. Mr. Fulton waited anxiously for the sound of answering guns from Fort Sumter, but not until seven o'clock that morning did Fort Sumter open its fire. "'War has begun,' said Mr. Fulton gravely, turning away from the window. "'Will the President's ships come soon, father?' asked Sylvia. "'We must hope so,' he answered, "'and now there is no time for us to lose. We must start at once.' "'Brest a lord!' said Aunt Connie, who was standing near the door, and as Mr. Fulton spoke she hurried off to her cabin to make her final preparations for the long journey. Mrs. Fulton hastened to pack up the few things they would take with them, and Sylvia helped Mrs. Carleton pack. Early in the forenoon they were ready. Mr. Robert Waite's carriage was at the door, with Mr. Waite, who had come to escort them on the first stage of their journey. "'I wish I could say good-bye to Grace,' said Sylvia, as she went down the steps of the porch. She was all ready to enter the carriage when she heard her name called, "'Sylvia! Sylvia!' and Grace came flying up the path. "'Grace! Grace!' responded Sylvia, and for a moment the two little girls, Yankee and Southern girl, clung closely together, while the noise of the echoing guns from the forts boomed over the harbour. "'We will always be friends, won't we, Sylvia?' said Grace. And Sylvia responded, "'Always.' Then, with one more good-bye kiss, Grace turned and ran back to Mammy Esther. She had persuaded her mother to bring her to Charleston, that she might bid Sylvia good-bye, and now they would hasten back to the country, for Charleston might be attacked by United States ships of war, and was no longer a place of safety. The Fultons now entered the carriage. Aunt Connie and Estralla were the only members of the party who were smiling and happy. To Estralla it was the most wonderful day of her life. She was free, and with her mammy and her missy Sylvia she was starting for a world where little colored girls could go to school, just as white children did, and never be bought or sold. She looked at Sylvia with adoring eyes. "'What are you thinking of, Estralla?' asked Sylvia. Estralla leaned close to her true friend, and whispered, "'I was a-tinkin' bout my breakin' of de pitcher, and a-spillin' de hot water, Missy Sylvia. You took my pot, dear Missy, and you's allus takin' my pot. My mammy said she breast a load that you came to Charleston.' Sylvia smiled back at the little colored girl. For a moment she forgot the booming of the distant guns, and remembered only her friends and the happy days she had spent in her southern home. End of chapter 21 End of a Yankee Girl at Fort Sumter by Alice Turner Curtis